the biggest thing we have to remember is that realtors are the centerpiece of consumer protection when it comes to real estate. And if we keep our eye focused on that most important role and don't let the naysayers and the mass media and Hollywood tell us anything different about our jobs, we can keep doing this job, which is so important to helping people make their way to home ownership. Hey guys, welcome back to the Triangle Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Fagioli, here with the one and only Lee Brown. How you doing, Lee? Fantastic, although not as good as you because you're outside in the pretty woods and I'm in my office, but okay. That's right. Yeah. I'm well to me, every single every single workday has got to be outside unless it's pouring rain. I'm gonna be outside. So here I am zooming with you and um we are kind of going live to all of the members of Triangle MLS. And we were so excited to have you at PropTech South a couple months ago. Thank you so much for being there. And uh, I really enjoyed your comments. And um, uh, for those of you who somehow don't know, uh, Miss Brown here is the the current uh, North Carolina president of uh, North Carolina Realtors. And how's that been going? Tell me about that. What's that experience like? Well, I mean, that's until December 31st. So if somebody archives this email and doesn't watch it until 2024, I'll be the immediate past president. But honestly, it's been the most fun volunteer job of my life. I have had the best time traveling around my own state. I've seen counties I'd never been to before. I've met so many practicing realtors and it has just been an absolute joy. Plus, we've gotten a lot of work done in the state for our homeowners, which is really rewarding. It's um, it's just awesome. The most fun, unpaid job I've ever had. Well, so t- tell me a little bit about what that experience is like. I know it must be, uh, you know, very time consuming and daunting and rewarding at the same time. But um, what does it look like to be uh, the state president for a year? Well, for me, it's looked a little different than some presidents because obviously I don't do things the way everybody else does. And I set as a goal to be in as many local associations as possible during my presidency year. Many of our presidents visit all the locals while they're campaigning. And then while they're president, they're doing the work of the job. But for me, I'm used to traveling because of the speaking and the teaching in my life. So I'm used to being on the road. So I've used that time to visit the locals. And one of the most interesting visits I had was up towards the North Carolina mountains with an association that has about 100 members, so very small. They had 55 turnout for the member lunch, which was crazy, especially by triangle standards. You look at the number of people who show up for any event, and it's a very small percentage just because the larger you are, the harder it is to connect. But they're just so dialed into their membership. And in that group, you had a current county commissioner, two former county commissioners, a chair of planning and zoning, and the work that they're doing is beyond grassroots. I mean, they are the community right where they are. And that was just powerful to to hear what they're doing and see what they're doing and then figure out how I take their message and spread it around the state to encourage other local associations to build up those same leaders. It's not about anything I was doing, but about what I was able to learn and then take out and give to other people. And one of the coolest parts was they had not been attending the state meetings in Raleigh because they felt like there was a disconnect between the state realtors and their local association. 
until I reminded them that they probably didn't want this girl from Cabarrus County to speak on their behalf from the North Carolina mountains because their needs are so different. And that's why they should show up in Raleigh. And then three of them showed up for the state meetings to talk to their state senator and state representatives. And they acknowledged that it was good for them to bring their voices to Raleigh. And to me, that's the main job of any leadership position is get other people more engaged and let them bring their stories because that takes all of us forward. So if I look at my year, probably my proudest achievement, and I have a whole list in my phone. I've been keeping all the little high moments of the year was having over 300 first-time attendees at our legislative meetings in Raleigh who brought their unique business perspectives to our elected officials. And it was that power of the foot, the, the boots on the ground, the feet stomping the halls that allowed us to get a very important piece of legislation passed this year. I think many of your listeners and viewers know there was a problem with an out-of-state real estate company that was tricking old people into signing a 40-year listing agreement in exchange for some cash because when you prey on the elderly, you have sadly a pretty um, vulnerable audience. And we were able to pass legislation to outlaw that 40-year listing agreement, which was a huge win for the consumers of North Carolina. And it was the realtors working with the Real Estate Commission that made that happen. So I I just I love watching the day-to-day practice practicing realtor do really good things for people they'll never meet. It's not a listing, it's not a buyer, it is some neighbor in a county far, far away who now is safer because of what the realtors have done. So anyway, long story short, it's been great. That's awesome. Man, do you have an account for how many local associations you were able to visit? Well, we have 45 local associations. We'll have 43 after this year is over because we have one that is winding down their operations and they've they've done amazing work over 50 years, but they're ready to let some other associations absorb their members. And we have another that is going to become a very specific chapter of a larger association. So there's going to be some economies of scale and some efficiencies there. And I've been to all but two this year. And those two I would have gotten to if not for scheduling conflicts. And so maybe I'll go visit as immediate past president and just say, hey. That's pretty impressive, Lee. That's fantastic. I can't wait to count the miles I've obviously kept the spreadsheet. So I'll see how many (laughs) miles I've driven. I've got, as my daddy would say, a case of TBS, which is tired butt syndrome. But that's okay because I have loved it. Loved every minute of it. So, you know, it's a couple year process, and I'm sure for you, it was longer than that, um, that you've been involved, I mean, in leadership. Um, But can you just kind of remind everybody what that process looks like? You know, if they want to get involved at the state level, where do you start? You start by showing up. And I think that's one of the misnomers we have. Some people in their head make this imaginary spreadsheet of all the jobs they want to do, and then they just think they should have them right away. But it starts with coming to the general meetings and seeing who is there and making some friends and doing some networking. And then you visit some committees that you aren't even supposed to be on and you're just learning and you just start showing up at all these things. Then you fill out your committee application form and say, I'd like to serve on one of these different committees. And as a leader, 
I can just say it makes our lives easier in leadership if you sign up for something where you have some passion and some direct correlation to what you can bring to the table. It's a little frustrating when people sign up for things because they think they're supposed to instead of where they're really going to have impact. And I'll use as an example, we had a committee formerly known as the Image Committee, which is getting renamed as the Communications Committee. And we had a disconnect of getting people into the room because they didn't know what image meant. And so when we finally have gotten the chair in there, Sophia Crisp from Greensboro, who is one of our most talented leaders in the state in a thousand ways. In fact, she should be on your podcast to talk about affordable housing and everything that she's done. She's ridiculously rock star. She took that committee, worked with our professional staff at North Carolina Realtors to figure out where the gaps were, worked with her vice chair and her outgoing chair and the committee members. And that room went from 12 people who didn't know what they were doing to shoulder to shoulder people pouring out the doors once they figured out how to be productive and how to be a part of the messaging of what realtors are doing and the information all realtors need because we have to be reached in different channels. So when you figure out that you have a gift for communications, well, you sign up for that space and then you show us what you can bring to the table. You don't just put your butt in a chair and sit there like a bump on a log. You raise your hand and say something and you start building up your time in the organization by giving, not by receiving. You start by receiving and then you start giving. And then as you start to demonstrate what you're bringing to the table, you will land in a chair position or some other leadership position. You can run for regional vice president. And eventually, if you want to be the leader of the association, then you apply for that role. One of the things that we did this year through a vote of the board of directors that just happened in October of 23 was to add a first vice president position, which will enable us to have one year longer in that leadership pipeline to allow our leaders to be as educated as possible on all parts of the organization before they wind up as the officer in charge. So there's so many ways to be involved, but for heaven's sakes, you got to show up. You come to the winter meetings in January, you go to the Raleigh meetings to meet with legislators, which to me is our most important meetings. And then you come to the convention in the fall, which is Definitely got governance pieces to it, but the education and the networking are just so great at the convention. And in 24, it'll be in Wilmington. So another great chance to go to the beach. And frankly, you get to write off a trip with your peers. So you could serve in leadership, have a tax write-off, and actually bring valuable information back to the community you serve. Wow, that's awesome. And is there a, um, a, a set path through the local association to the state, or can you serve at the state level? right away? You can serve at the state level without having been involved in your local. However, as the person who did it all backwards, the traditional path has been serve at your local, then go to the state, then go to national. But I don't ever do things the normal way. So I got involved at national first through some relationships that I had from masterminds and networking. Then I decided I better be involved at my state. And that got me more involved in my local association What I can say, though, is in looking at how my path worked out and how the traditional path works out, I do think a blended approach is great because when you know what's happening at all three levels, you can be really impactful. But to me, the biggest mistake we've made in realtor leadership is we've acted like the local is somehow a farm team and that we're working our way up to the pros at the national level. That's completely backwards. The most important work that we do in real estate 
is right here in the local realtor association because the big hiccups that we have in housing supply, which if you talk to any practicing realtor outside of the kerfluffle happening with the structure of organized real estate, but looking at the markets and what they've been doing for the last multiple years, supply is a problem. That stems from zoning issues, permit issues, regulatory overload, and that comes from our cities and our counties. So the local association has a huge opportunity to drive that conversation in a better way. It can't can't come from national because Mm -hmm. I'll tell you this, nobody in Cabarrus County gives two rips what somebody at the National Association of Realtors says, but they listen very intently when Central Carolina Realtors speaks because they know that's their voters, that's their constituents, that's who they're going to see in church and at the grocery store. So I want all of your listeners to understand the local is where you have to be involved and stay involved there. I will say this, as I've done more at the state and at national levels, I've stayed in tune with my local, not as much as I would like, but I tune into my broker Zoom calls with my fellow brokers in charge to make sure we all know what's happening amongst ourselves. I've paid attention to RPAC events and stayed as dialed in as I can. And that's so important. I just, it worries me, Matt, that we we silo everything and we act like there's this group and there's this group and there's this group when really they're all intertwined in different ways. And mm-hmm. I'm always about solutions and the way we're going to fix the challenges we see in real estate, it all stems from the local association. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that thank you for that. And I know that some of the folks that are listening to this are thinking, man, I really want to start getting involved and be part of the solution to all the challenges that we're facing in, in organized real estate in this crazy current season. Um, so I, I want to thank you for that. I want to ter- change gears a little bit and talk about um, what's coming up in 2024 and how you see the business and and what we as agents and brokers need to do to get ready for uh, success in 2024 it might be the most challenging year of real estate uh, since I've been in 20 years. Um, and uh, so I just want to get your take on that. What, what, what are you thinking about for next year and, and what do we need to be thinking about? Okay. So everybody needs to lean in real closely and turn your AirPods up because I have some very important information that is absolutely going to come true. This is You could put this in the bank. Are you ready? Because this is guaranteed for 2024. Houses will be bought and sold. (laughs) And that sounds crazy. When we hit times of change, nobody likes change, especially a bunch of entrepreneurs who are control freaks. We don't really like change. But the reality is there's going to be houses bought and sold. Now, will the mechanics change? It's highly likely. Will it change our conversations? Well, our conversations should always be changing and evolving. Will we have to read the emails that come from the association? Mm, Probably. Will we have to read the news? Yes, beyond the headline. You're going to have to stay really educated in 2024 because I do think it's going to change on a dime. That being said, your phone's going to ring. And the longer you've been in, the more likely it is to ring. So I'm going into my 24th year. I've seen different kinds of technology and different kinds of markets. And there's many times we have said, oh, real estate is changing forever. We're at a crossroads. Well, I do think we're at a crossroads right now. And I do think it's changing forever. But every time we've said that, Matt, people have still said, I need you to help me buy. People have said, I still need you to help me sell. And right now, probably your biggest opportunity at this moment when you're watching and listening to this podcast 
is your investor population because they are highly skeptical of the equities market right now because it's pretty much held up on toothpicks. And a lot of those folks would love the tangible asset that real estate is because people are always going to buy and sell real estate. And if they're not buying it and selling it as frequently, they'll be renting it. And so you got to figure out too how you're going to pivot into the pieces of the market that make the most sense based on the community you serve. Because every zip code is different. If I worked in downtown Charlotte, that's a different kind of market than where I am in Concord. So I pay attention to your market and get out of your own way. We're going to cause a lot of our own problems in 2024 because we're going to jump to conclusions. And for some of y'all, that's the only exercise you get. So you should probably change that in 2024. And then <laughs> you're going to get a little panicked because you don't like the headlines which means you're going to stop going to the office and you're going to stop making phone calls. So I'm going to challenge you to, first of all, get some exercise so your head is cleared in 24. And I'm, by the way, not saying everybody has to run a marathon. Some of y'all walk to the end of the driveway and back so that you can get your mind right so that you won't let the markets make you afraid so that you can make phone calls. Because here's the rest of that prediction for 2024. Your clients aren't going to read the news articles either. They're going to read the headlines and say, uh, wait, what? Nobody's paying commissions in real estate ever again. If you're talking to them on the phone, they have a resource locally that says, let me tell you exactly what's going on. Don't believe the hype. Let's bring the, the information to the forefront. The agents who do that are going to have a reasonable year. Now, I don't know if anybody's going to knock the cover off the ball because I don't know what's going to happen with supply and demand. I don't know if people are going to give up and go work at the Harris Teeter because that feels more solid. Those are personal choices that different realtors are going to make. But I do know this. The ones that pick up the phone and call people are going to have some clients to help. That's where it's going to all boil down to. And then when we get to 2027, that's probably when we'll start fixing all the problems that are being created right now. So we are in for, I believe, more than a year of turmoil as we figure out what organized real estate is going to look like. This is just me guessing. And if you think about the turmoil that's coming, it takes more than a minute for it to sort out. So get ready and dig in. That's what everybody needs to do in 2024. That's cool. That's right on the money, you know, and I think you nailed it with uh, your comments about the investor market. Um, anytime, you know, we hit, uh, well, we've been more alluding to the changes in, in real estate, but just the general market conditions sort of re recession environment, high rates, um, you know, anytime you hit that cycle, the uh, in investor opportunities start going, going crazy. And I think, I think there's going to be tons of that opportunity in, in the first half of next year. Well, and don't forget, much as we hate to look at it, 2024 is another presidential election, which means that there's always, if you look at the traditional volume of real estate, anytime we hit a presidential year, there is a little bit of a damper on volume just because presidential elections do create some uncertainty. We don't know which policies are going to come into play. We don't know who's going to be in charge. And so whenever there's uncertainty, certain buyers and sellers just button down and hang tight. Well, what that means too, is that you've got to figure out how you message through that mess because it's going to be a mess. People that you love are going to be typing in all caps with lots of exclamation points again, but you still have to be a visible <laughs> real estate professional on social media. So how do you cut through that noise? And you need to figure out that messaging right now. And I'm not suggesting that everybody play politics because that doesn't work for everyone. 
but that's the environment that's going to be pervasive. So how do you become the reasonable voice for real estate in that environment? Because if things are damp, it doesn't mean they're dead. <laughs> well, let's switch back to talking about you, Lee. You're coming to the end of your your year as the current president. You'll be past president. Um, a, I want to know what what that looks like being past president, but also what kind of where you're what's next on the horizon for you down the road? What's coming up for you? Well, you know, in the immortal words of our past president of the National Association, Ron Phipps from Rhode Island, Ron said, when you're the president, you're the peacock. When you're the immediate past president, you're the feather duster. And when you're the past president, you're in the dustbin. And so I am looking forward to being the feather duster in 2024 to fully support our president for North Carolina, Tony Harrington, who will be serving us with an amazing level of positive energy. And my role as immediate past president is to continue to serve on that leadership team to provide continuity, but to move out of the spotlight to allow Tony to really bring a new viewpoint and a new vision to the association. After I roll out of that job, then I'm just in the past president's club where there is often great wailing and gnashing of teeth because that just happens in past president clubs. But for me personally, I am very excited. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring again. I am running for the U.S. Congress one more time in our brand new North Carolina districts. The county that I live in is now part of a different district. And in my personal house that I've now owned for five years, I've had four different congressmen. So you just never know in North Carolina what district you're going to be in. And I do believe that being a common sense person who is used to sitting at kitchen tables with people, helping them figure out solutions, being somebody who understands what needs to get fixed in the VA loan process, needs to get fixed in the FHA loan process and with the GSEs, I think I can get in there and do some very direct work to make policies better for home ownership in North Carolina and beyond. So I'm excited for the opportunity to run and we'll see if the voters decide I'm the representative they want. Man, that is so exciting. Well, what's the next step on that? Um, how do you, how can we support you? Um, when's, when's the first, you know, the first launching point of that campaign? Well, we're, we're soft launched right now. Filing happens in December. And of course, now everybody knows we recorded this right before filing happens. But all the information is at LeeBrownForCongress.com. And we are going to have some realtor door knocking days. So any of those wonderful listeners and viewers that would like to be engaged in bringing a realtor to D.C. can out, come out and knock on doors. And it's so much fun to do the grassroots work of talking to voters. And frankly, it's my favorite part of the campaign. And then depending on what happens with the latest round of judicial lawsuits over the maps in North Carolina, the primary will happen in March-ish. But of course, we're still waiting on the courts to determine that because I think that's just political life in North Carolina. Everything winds up in the courts and then we see what happens. Well, my my prayers will be with you. We'll be watching to see the results there. And thank you for uh, spending a little bit of time with us, Lee. And I uh, can't wait to see what 2024 brings for uh, the members of Triangle and, and all of North Carolina as well. Well, the biggest thing we have to remember is that realtors are the centerpiece of consumer protection when it comes to real estate. And if we keep our eye focused on that most important role and don't let the naysayers and the mass media and Hollywood tell us anything different about our jobs, we can keep doing this job, which is so important to helping people make their way to home ownership. 
And it also means that realtors have to stay focused on how crucial our multiple listing service is to how we serve the consumer public, because it is the last free and fair marketplace on earth that is free of discrimination. And we need to protect it because that is how we protect the consumer having full display if they are a seller and full opportunity to find a property if they're a buyer. So we've got some work ahead, but it can be done because if there's anything that realtors are, it is tenacious and it is determined. And I'm excited to see what my peers and I can accomplish next year. Heck yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Lee. And uh, thanks everybody for listening in to the Triangle Real Estate Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, uh, send us a quick um, rating on Apple Podcasts and share this with a friend. And we'll see you back here in a minute. Bye, Lee.